Welcome back to another edition of the Owl Talk. On this edition, we have a wonderful opportunity to talk with a member of our Grand Council. Um, his name is Justin Todorov. He is our Grand Third Counselor. Uh, professionally, he is Vice President with Uber and their freight division. Um, I have known JT since he was in school. Uh, he was Chapter Sage when I was a consultant. Um, and I'm, I'm really hoping that you all get the opportunity here to understand and learn more of why you are staying involved and why still 20 years later you're involved. So welcome, JT, and thank you for coming on the show with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, one of the first questions I like to start with is, so that way the viewers can get to know you, is why did you join Sigma Pi? That's a great question. Uh, it kind of happened by happenstance, quite frankly. Uh, I was walking around the Long Beach campus the second week of school, uh, and I met two individuals that were out on the patio uh, in the big nugget area, the Long Beach State 49ers. And so I was like, I'm going to go like sit at the table next to them and see like what this is all about kind of thing, because I like just people watching. Uh, and so they eventually came over and talked to me and invited me to a steak and stogie night during rush there. Uh, and the rest is kind of history. Did you ever think of joining a fraternity when you got to school? Was that on your mind? Not at all. Admittedly, I didn't even know what they were. My mom was actually the one like, Justin, you're going to join a fraternity. <laughs> and I was like, I think so. I don't really know what I'm getting into, but we're going to kind of see what this is all about and see kind of where life takes it. And um, she was very supportive of it. Uh, it. It took me a while to really understand what I was getting myself into. I knew it was a men's organization, but I never knew the value of what Sigma Pi and fraternalism could really bring to my life and how it could set me up for life and success uh, until I was after pledging. Really, when I became an active is when things started to click. Uh, pledgeship was, was really a blur, um, mostly because you're just going through it and you've got 25 men with you and you're learning like, hey, this is the history of this organization. This is what it's like at Long Beach State. These are the mission and values and what we stand for. Uh, and it's something that really resonated, but no different than school, no different than professional career. You don't really understand it until you start living it, until you start breathing it and experiencing it. And then the end of that freshman semester uh, as a new member uh, and an active was when it really started clicking. So, so you went through... Not even thinking about fraternity. Not even thinking about fraternity. Meet these two guys that are different than anything you could imagine. Yep. Just having a good time. They invite you to an event. You go to the event. Then you join. And then you moved up, right? You, you took over some leadership. What was that experience like for you? Uh, I did. So uh, moving through sophomore and then even into my junior year, um, I really got involved starting with just committee work, uh, and then eventually became second counselor and then became SAGE. Uh, but also part of that journey of leadership involved student government because members of Sigma Pi were in student government uh, on the board of directors, chairmen of the board, on our Supreme Court. And I was like, man, not only are they doing fraternity work and fraternity leadership, they're doing student government leadership. So then that kind of snowballed, and I started getting into associated student government work as well. And so 
kind of rising through the ranks, both serving the university and serving the fraternity, uh, became extremely rewarding by the time I graduated at the end of my fifth year. Uh, and don't judge, I was a double major. Uh, but yes, it became very rewarding by the end. What would you say, especially because you have two different dynamics there, right? Two different organizations, student organizations. What were some things that, that you learned from each of them yeah. that, that helped you grow? Yeah, great question. So uh, fraternalism taught you really how to herd cats, quite frankly. And it's the simplest of forms. You've got between 60 and 100 men that have a lot of testosterone, a lot of things that they're thinking about that don't always click or fire with how to be a young man. Mm -hmm. um, and getting them all around one mission, one value, and rowing in the same direction is a lot very similar to how things are in my professional career, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, but from the student government side of things, you had a lot of different minds with a lot of different agendas. There was a lot of politics behind it. There was a lot of, hey, we care about this because we're part of this social organization, or we've got these different sets of core values. Generally, the men in my local Beta Omicron chapter had very similar values and similar mission being part of the organization. They just had different ways of getting there. Uh, and so just getting that energy kind of corralled and used for good versus student government was a lot of different types of values, a lot of different types of perspective, and kind of getting them all corralled, but for different reasons, uh, was really the big difference between the two. And I would say the learning how to herd cats helped with herding. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, now, when you grad, well, I do want to let our viewers know that I remember as a consultant, I got to come and, and um, you guys made me wear a suit yep. to your meeting that night. It was, it was basically, hey, you're from Nationals, but if you don't put a suit on, you don't get to come to our meeting. Correct. But I, you could tell when you walked in the room, like your chapter really respected the meetings and really respected, hey, we're here for business. We got some things to talk about. You had guests there that night that were coming into speaking. Um, that was always admirable. Mm -hmm. But was it was it easy to make that happen, especially as a young guy in school? Fortunate for me, there was a lot of tradition. Okay, the traditions at Beta Omicron uh, are very strong and very deep. Uh, and when we had those formal meetings, which were always the first Monday of the month. Um, that was when the real business got conducted. Yes, every local chapter has the more informal meetings where you're taking care of some more administrative, making sure you're on budget, on par, hitting the things and kind of committee reports. But those first meetings of the month, everyone knew that's when it was really down to business. And that dates all the way back into the 50s and 60s, back wow. when we had our original chapter house before the one that we're in today. So I've been told. Um, and it's a respect for Beta Omicron and a respect for Sigma Pi, even more so than it was for the 60 or 70 men in that room. And you knew that you were part of something that was much bigger than you. And so you had to respect that. You had to respect the ritual and kind of everything that, that came with that. And if there was any sense of disrespect, similar to what we told you, we didn't care if you were a freshman or a senior, privileged or not, you were out. I love that because it, it's it's interesting, no different 20 years ago than today, right, that young men are trying to learn, how do I grow up? Mm -hmm. What is this? What is responsibility? And I think one of the first things to do is you're going to wear a suit. Yep. You're going to wear a shirt and tie, right? 
Um, so now I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So you graduate. Yep. Um, what'd you do? Great question. <laughs> so, uh, got my undergrad in criminal justice and political science. I thought I wanted to work for like the FBI or the CIA. Okay. I start looking around and researching and I'm like, man, this doesn't pay very well long-term government jobs. Don't do very much for you. And I was like, I want to see what's out there in the, the job market. And I was fortunate enough to meet uh, a brother, uh, a blood brother of one of my chapter brothers who was working in supply chain and logistics for a very, very large um, third-party logistics, third-party supply chain company. Uh, and so I got into transportation and supply chain uh, straight out of college, uh, making a measly $35,000 a year back in 2006. And so here we are in that same profession uh, 17 years later. What And what, what do you find, I guess the question would be, when you got there, right, what traits did you take from your fraternal experience into that job? Great question. From the get-go, it was all about leadership and teamwork. Mm -hmm. um, we live in a world where businesses are becoming extremely complex. They're becoming extremely cross-collaborative, and they're becoming quite bureaucratic at times. And so learning how to navigate these organizations, learning how to reach across, call it party lines or idealistic lines, because you're coming together for the greater good of your customers and your organization, were some of the biggest things that I had to take. You heard me talk earlier about herding cats within the fraternity and herding the different ideals within student government. Without those leadership opportunities, I would not have the foundational knowledge of leadership to apply to the leadership roles that I'm in within the Uber organization today. And I can say that with the highest degree of confidence. It's amazing. I hear that from so many of our alum that, and that's what we want our students to understand, right? Is you don't know what you're going to get out of this, but once you get somewhere, you are more, com you, you have a competitive advantage by learning how to lead people. You absolutely do. And there is nothing more rewarding about fraternalism and that whole college experience than looking back and realizing that was a test drive for life. That was five years of being in a controlled environment with professors that cared about you, without administration that cared about you. And they gave you a guardrail. They said, hey, go play in this sandbox because eventually that sandbox can get this big and we're not going to be there to protect you or help you build that sandcastle. You're going to have to build it on your own. And so it's been very rewarding to look back even in the conversation we just had with the young man to say, Everything that you're doing today around the budgeting process applies to the exact same thing that I do today managing a $700 million business unit. Sometimes it's always the commas may change a little bit. They'll move. Yep. But it's still, you got to understand what's going on, the debits and credits, right? What's yep. happening? Um, now, the, the other part, um, so you've been able to move up after 17 years. You, you've excelled your career to a, to a high level, right? Like you manage a lot of people. How has what you learned as an undergraduate and used when you first started working to now, how has that evolved? Because you're still leading, but it's a different kind of leading. What, is, what does that feel like for you of your personal involvement as a Yeah, great question. So the first thing that comes to mind is going from leading and being a part of something 
to now really driving the culture and leading and influencing other leaders because you're now impacting the next generation of leadership that's going to come up through the ranks of that organization. And it was the same thing when you were chapter sage. It was the same thing when I sat on the board of directors for student government. I was influencing outcomes for the next generation that was coming up through the ranks of the fraternity, that next committee chair, that second counselor, Corey Witt, who was going to become the next sage of the fraternity, mentoring him, getting him ready for that type of position. And it's the same thing today, mentoring our directors, mentoring our other vice presidents, getting them ready for three, five, seven years down the road, because you're nothing without that next generation. The best part about business that I find rewarding is seeing the development of the people that you get to lead and watching them go from current state into, hey, they now know how to better inspire. They know how to better read financial statements. They know how to better lead committee meetings and create vision and turn vision into execution and into outcomes. Those are things that when I was first starting out, I was the one being taught and told how to do it. And now it's a lot of cultural things that I'm having to create and teach these individuals for the next generation. Yeah, and I want to talk on that a minute too, because you mentioned the history of Beta Omicron going back years. Um, you mentioned that now you've become a, more of a mentor role. If you had to think back, who was a couple of the mentors that you had when you were an undergraduate, they kind of helped you learn how to be mentee, a mentee. Yep. Uh, the first person that comes to mind is the late and great John Marino. Um, we talk about it all the time. That man meant the world to everybody. Um, it still gets you going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say, uh, though a distant second with all respect to John, um, uh, my best man and very good friend, Bobby Godina. Uh, he was the fraternity president before I was. He was the chief of staff to the student body president. He was the um, chief justice in our Supreme Court. Um, and so I have always looked up to him uh, as well. And so it's been really nice to, as much as we're the same age and we're competitive and we're like, hey, what are you doing in life and this and that and the other? And we kind of raise through likes, rankings together. Um, it's still nice to know that even though it's competitive, I still view him much more as a, a mentor than anything else. Uh, and it just so happens that he's a, a great friend as well. A lot of our viewers may not know, but I know Bobby. He's a great <laughs> man. Great man. Yes, he is. Um, and then, so kind of thinking about as well, um, when you think about the mentoring aspect, uh, you stay very involved with Sigma Pi. Um, Five-time parliamentarian at our convention. And for our viewers, that is not an easy task. Um, serving on the Grand Council. Giving back to, to the, our foundation to help pay for the program. What is it about the fraternity that you have said, you know what, this is where I will allocate my time and resources. I'm giving it this much. Yeah, it, it's really the last 30 minutes of conversation. It's the leadership opportunities that I was given by the fraternity. Those men in there, they're going to be me in 20 years. They're going to be greater than me in 20 years. And I would implore all of our alumni that have the means 
to give what you can, rather that be time, talent, or treasure. We need all of you guys to give things to us to make the organization that much stronger. And the reason that I give back more to the national level versus just the local bed at Omicron level is I want it to be most impactful to the greatest number of people to get that benefit from those resources. And I want to invest in the next generation of leaders within Sigma Pi. And it's nothing against the Beta Omicron men, but there's there's only a handful. In there, we've got 50 of them. And every undergrad chapter knows your entire membership is not going to be the next generation of leaders. It, it's just fact. It's statistical. Uh, it, it's just how it is. And so you go in there, there's going to be future senators in there. There's future CEOs in there. And so giving back to that portion and that segment, um, because we have an obligation to make sure society rises as well, and they're going to be that next generation. You know, and with that, JT, you talk about it a lot. Um, I've been had a chance to go with you. You've been able to speak in front of our students at different places, and you bring it up a lot, and, and for our viewers and, and more for our alumni. Um 20 years ago, we didn't have a lot of the things we do now. No. Um, 20 years ago, the Sigma Pi just didn't invest into our people the way we do now. Just different mindsets, different time. Um, What are some things that you want to share with our alumni who maybe didn't experience maybe your experience or they had your experience, but they've never thought of, hey, I need to give back. What are some things you want to share with them to consider as to why you're involved, because I'm pretty sure with what you do for a living, if we weren't succeeding, you would say that's not going to be worth my time to go sit on the board. Right. I I would say first, come to an event. The National Fraternity is doing a much better job of putting events out there, creating access for engagement. I would implore you guys to come out and see and feel what I see and feel the impact that we are making on these young men. And if at the end of those experiences, you don't think you get anything out of it or that your time or talent or treasure would be of value to these young men, then don't give. But I am confident in the programming that you and the executive office are putting on, you're going to feel that you want to give time, that you want to give your talent if you have some type of specialty or perspective to share with these undergrads, or if nothing else, can always stroke a check. And it doesn't need to be copious amounts of cash. $100 a month, $500 a quarter, $1,000 a year. Every little bit helps to create great programming for those young men out there. So the final question I have for you, JT, is I've gotten a chance to know from, I will say this, that when I first came out to California, I'm a guy from St. Louis, Missouri, right? I get to California. I had no idea what to expect. And your chapter was one of them that took me in and was like, hey, awesome, right? Like, you're a brother. Come and hang out. What? But I know today, I know getting to know your chapter brothers, knowing Bobby, knowing John, knowing Eric and some other guys that, that you know, you guys also stay close. Very close. So how would you say that that closeness as as brothers, as men, has also helped you become a better man, husband, professional? It's a great question. I think the first thing that comes to mind is love. And 
Uh, as cheesy or as simple as that may sound, the best part about the relationship today is I may not talk to him every week or every quarter, but when I pick up the phone or I make that phone call, the conversation picks right back up where it was the last time we spoke. It'll share laughs, it'll share cries, it'll share all kinds of different things. Obviously going to each other's weddings, um, being there for when their kids are born and all of those different things, uh, flying out to California on the regular, living here in Chicago. Um, there, there's nothing that I find more value in outside of my wife uh, and our relationship than the value that I get from those relationships, the perspectives that I get from them when I'm spiraling. And it's like, hey, I need to bounce something off of you. And it'll only be a 90 second or a five minute conversation, but it regrounds me. Mm -hmm. And being able to have that support system 40 years old, and it's only going to need to be a bigger support system as you get older, um, the value on that, you, you can't place a dollar amount on it especially in this you know world of 2023 with all the societal pressures and the emotional pressures and uh, this world has never been more disjointed and far apart and to have people that can kind of be your north star and hold you together um and you the same for them you hope um that you really can't put a, a price tag on that no amount of dues no amount of time uh could replace that and so at the end of the day uh, that was and is what fraternalism is to me. Amen. Amen. That's always a part of, you know, no matter what the media says, they don't know what that is. They, they don't understand what it does for us. Well, JT, I want to thank you very much for taking a few moments out to join us here on the Out Talk. Uh, for our viewers, we hope that you guys enjoyed getting to know Justin Todoroff a lot more. Uh, keep an eye out for him. He's a, definitely an up-and-comer in Sigma Pi. And we thank you so much, not not for your time, JT, not for your treasure, but for your mindset. Um, for the viewers here, I get to work with you on the board. And and what people may not realize is we have friendships, but when it's time for business, we have business. And, and that means a lot uh, to me as a leader, so I thank you for that. And to our viewers, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in.